Every problem they're given with the dog at some point I've heard of someone's vet saying castration will fix this, neuterum will fix this. There are some countries where it's illegal to spay or castrate your dog. Where do you draw the line? For me, I have to say, it's a really bad argument. As if it's some miracle cure for your dog starting to be reactive and aggressive. Hi, I'm Dr. Sab Cohen-Hatton. I'm a neuroscientist specialising in animal and human learning mechanisms. I'm Jamie Penrith. I specialise in canine predatory behaviour and I'm also a former police dog handler. And I'm Danny Wells and I'm a dog trainer that specialises in unwanted behaviour. And every week we sit down to talk about the latest research in canine psychology. And more importantly, how you can apply it to your own dog to get to know them even better. Welcome to The Dog Scholar. I have a question. You don't say. I do say. <laughs> do you know I what? That's say. going to be starting. That'll be quoted. That people who follow this series, they're going to. As soon as I say that line, welcome uh, to the dog skull. They're going to be in the houses going. I have a question. <laughs> uh, I'm very predictable. <laughs> well, we talk about the importance of routine on this show. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there we go. Yeah. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah, yeah. Go on. What's your question? Well, your question? does neutering improve behaviour? That's a good question. That's if I knew to you, will you that's behave? That's a question that I was done about 20 I years behave ago. I behave very differently. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on my environment. It is a good question. Yeah. It's a really, really good question. And, it's a question, a question. and it's a question that the majority of dog owners are very confused about. So I think it's um, a really good subject to There'll talk about. loads and loads of dog owners yeah. sitting at home, listening yeah. to this, Contemplating this, testicles. Contem- yeah. Yeah, yeah, all about, all, all yeah. about the testicles. Yeah. But genuinely thinking, you know, Will this improve my dog's behaviour? Is yeah. that the route? What will my vet tell me? Yeah. But what will science tell us? So? Well, it's really interesting because we've all heard the stories about how dogs that aren't neutered or aren't spayed are more wild, they're more aggressive, they're high-spirited and strong-willed. But does it improve behaviour? What's your experience? Well, you know, if you want to stop your dog licking its bollocks, cut them off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, interestingly enough, as a dog trainer, I'm quite shocked at some of the stories I hear. And, you know... Not not pointing the finger at anyone, but some some vets are saying some crazy things. I mean, it, it might be it might be owners, you know, telling porkies. But I'm hearing a lot of things, like a lot of like every every problem they're given with the dog. At some point, I've heard of someone's vet saying castration will fix this, neuterum will fix this, and I'm like, where where's this coming from? It might be the owners getting carried away, but. You know, is it a coincidence that a lot of owners are saying this kind of thing? It's a bit of a. Um, it's always been a bit of a kind of. Yeah. Dare I say, old wives' tale? You know, no, you, you kind dare of, not. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I feel <laughs> like if you go in the back, sorry. Yeah, the amount of <laughs> I take it back. The amount of people, the amount of people that are telling me that this this plethora of problems they're having with the dog, and the amount of different information they're getting from different vets, but most of them saying like like neuterum will solve it. I feel like if you go into the back of any vet, there's going to be a mountain of testicles somewhere. Yeah. It's crazy. What do they do with the testicles when they finish them? Well, I don't think we can answer this on this podcast. Maybe that's for a later one. Well, you, were just saying, you were just saying then about whether it's some sort of like, you know, old myth, whether it's something yeah. that, you know, stands the test of time is that this, this is the mm. procedure that, that will, um, you know, that will resolve things. And I think just, be, just because you happen to be a, a vet doesn't mean that you're inoculated against no. beliefs, you I know, think, and, and, mm. what, and, and you may go into, yeah. you may learn certain things but you may still hold on and to these beliefs and think well maybe maybe it yeah, has or maybe I, th- I think as well sometimes practices can just be can just linger and not evolve for example you know when i remember when i um, I, I started basic training um 
in the army, we would we were running around the woods, you know, playing army, but all the wars were in the desert. <laughs> Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you get trapped in a way of doing things, and that's that. And I think this comes in from you know, you go back to like the early nineties. You just kick your dog out in the morning, he'd roam around the streets and come back. And I think this sort of practice of you know neutering a lot of dogs starts to come into you know control the uh, the breeding yeah. of, of dogs. Well, that is and the I think the purpose of yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that control. that I think it's kind of lingered around from then when we it was better to do it because they were roaming around and they were procreating. Yeah, and the, well, the science moves on as well, yeah. doesn't it? Which is which is an important point. We only know what we know at the point that we know it. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's a brilliant thing to say. You paused then, but I thought that was brilliant. Quite deep. profound. Oh, yeah. Very deep. deep. Yeah. <laughs> what do the dog scholar? Remember, is, you only know what you know at the moment. You know it. Otherwise, you don't know. You know. Science yeah. telling us what do we know? Well, it, we will find that out. Yeah. We will find that out because there's a good thing. I found some studies on this. Not one study, but Plural. two studies. Plural. Okay. Two studies. Oh, yeah. okay. But this this has got to be. I, I would say that this is a topic that you know, in all seriousness, it deserves research, doesn't it? it? You know, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big decision yeah. to make. You're, yeah. you're, talk, you're talking yeah. about taking away part of an yeah. animal's anatomy that's yeah. perfectly that healthy. That controls and regulates hormones. There is going to be, you know, personality changes involved in that. Yeah, yeah. There are some countries, some of the European countries, where uh, it's illegal to, unless it's for health problems, it's illegal to spay or castrate your dog, mm -hmm. which I, I found really interesting. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Um, well, uh, which countries are them and can you get citizenship? <laughs> 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 I think you're safe. I don't think anyone's going to chop yours off. Don't worry. No, no. I have this unique talent where I can suck them in as well, so I'm... <laughs> you learn everything on this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are the studies like saying, Sam? It's yeah. a really good question. I'd love to tell you, but you just keep talking... Sorry. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> right, these two studies, one of them looked at castrated male dogs, the other one looked at spayed bitches to mm. see what the change was on their behaviour. Both of these studies were set up in a really similar way and they essentially worked out for each of the dogs that they were looking at the point at time that they were neutered, how old they were when they were neutered. And that meant they could work out the percentage of life that they'd had where they were exposed to gonadal hormones or sex hormones, essentially. So the hormones that are controlled by the bits that were taken out through spaying or neutering. Um, and then they also uh, did a behavioral assessment to pull out any issues that the dogs might have had. So let's take the male dogs first. Yes, we've got two studies, okay. one for males, one for females. How many male dogs were in this study, sir? Uh, more than 6,000 male dogs. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, contrary to popular belief, the research showed that neutering didn't reduce aggression. Is that contrary to your belief? It, it really is. I, I, I love it when, when science kicks in, and I have no knowledge of that, but I would suggest that through my practical experience yeah. with that thousands it, of yeah. dog owners over the years. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, in fact, I go on further and say a lot of the times it's created aggression that weren't there before. Yeah, mm. yeah. And in fact, the dogs that were castrated early were actually more fearful and mm. more aggressive towards strangers. That's exactly what I'd say. Yeah. And they barked a lot more as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. So There are some um, shelters in, uh, you know, animal shelters in certain parts of the world, not necessarily in the UK, yeah. but in other parts of the world where early spay and castration is a matter of routine, you know, so, yeah. uh, with the intention of, you know, reducing the surplus population. It's interesting to read that the science is saying that, yeah, that, yeah. that this finding's on yeah. such a large sample size yeah. as well. The other thing they found is that those dogs that were castrated early were more shy rather yeah. than bold in terms of their personality. So they were less likely to engage things around them yeah. without being afraid of them. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Does it, does it say anything about... Um, Scent marking and humping, I, I've seen from clients that they have seen a reduction in like scent marking if a dog's prone to do that around the house. 
Yeah, it did reduce indoor marking. And oh, good. And yeah. what I would say, and I, and I love it. I'm, I'm taking stabs here and seeing if I, and seeing oh, if I can on. guess this. Hotter, colder, um, hotter, colder. Yeah, what, stabs. Yeah, stab, 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 stabs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one was obviously dog. A dog humping isn't always directly linked to anything sexual mm-hmm. at all. But dogs that are serial humpers, I've seen a reduction. Why in would that. you hump cereal? Don't know. Yeah, yeah. Frosties. Well, yeah, yeah, you just love the animals. <laughs> nice cereal. <laughs> just yeah. got it going on. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, dogs that dog, dogs that <laughs> have a thing for Tony. <laughs> The tiger. Oh, Golden Grahams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Put the sugar puffs down. Yeah. Step away from the sugar puffs. Yeah, can I just keep the spoon? <laughs> yeah. yeah, dogs that were um, doing it like excessively, I've seen um, a reduction in that from clients who've gone down that, that path. Yeah, but what was interesting is that the kind of whole concept about your dog being less aggressive if they're castrated just absolutely wasn't true. And it is possible that during puberty, those sex hormones have a role in proofing the dog against those behaviours. 100%, yeah. Yeah. You know, we talk about, I think I've had this conversation before about it, um, a style of opera singer called the castrato. Have you ever heard of them? No, but yeah. I can see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, they, they used to castrate um, men when they were young boys. They would grow up and they would have a, a male-sized airway, but with a child's larynx or something like that. Don't quote me. It was something like that, but it gave them a very unique sound. And That is so unethical. They, they all, yeah, well, well, they all suffered really badly and ended up killing themselves. It's interesting because I see this in dogs. When you're castrating young dogs, I think, you know, I, I, the way I describe it to, to clients is, I remember as a kid, you know, if you were coming back from your friends and it was a bit dark and you'd be like, oh, is the bad men around? And you were a bit scary. And as you start getting older... And, you, and you're growing into a man, you don't feel them irrational fears anymore. You just feel a little bit more, I'm okay in the environment. And, and I feel like when, we're, when we castrate young dogs, you see this in dogs, you see them like an insecure youngster for, you know, for the duration of their yeah. lives and they're more prone to you know, fearful reactivity. Well, it could be that it's affecting the coping strategies that the dogs are adopting. So they kind of end up dealing with fear in a more overt yeah. and impulsive way. Um, you know, because they're not getting those strategies. But although it reduced indoor marking, it really didn't help with behavioural management in the long term. So we'll go to bitches now. That was dogs. There was a similar study, and this one looked at nearly 9,000 spayed bitches. So it was a huge sample size. Now, the earlier a dog was spayed, the more fear and anxiety and aggressive and excitable behaviours were seen in contexts like being barked at by a dog that they didn't know or the doorbell ringing. So early spaying, a bit more kind of anxious uh, and a bit more vocal howling and chewing were the only things that seemed to decrease when the bitches were spayed which is really interesting it was the opposite in male dogs by the way yeah. and they howled more when they yeah. were castrated I, think, I, I, tend to, I tend to think you know the advice around um, spaying and neutering is far more dare I say ethical when it comes to bitches than it does for dogs you know I've, I've had people come to me with puppies who've had them who've had them neutered yeah. whereas bitches they say oh yeah let them get a couple of seasons out the way and then we'll and then we'll, we'll, we'll spay and you know Obviously, there's a lot of nasties involved if you're not going to breed a dog with a, with a, with a female being intact because, you know, pyometria is a, a big risk. I've seen a couple of dogs go down with that and it's a horrible thing to see. Mm. And what Just to explain what pyometria is. Um, I'm not really. I'm not really sure how to explain that, but it's basically an infection into the um, into the female reproductive organs. That, that but it can be really nasty. I know of an, um, a, a protection dog bitch that someone someone bought, and within a month they come into season, and literally within 24 hours the dog got sick and was blind. Um, wow. And and it, it it it's not it's not it's it's awful, isn't it? It is awful. Um, so you know, as a, as a dog trainer, you know, I don't. 
I don't force anyone to make any decisions. You know, it's your dog, it's your choice. But all I can do is give advice based on the experience that I have. Um, but I've not really witnessed much behavioural fallout mm. from spaying bitches. What I have seen is decreasing drive. That you know, wanting to chase the balls, but um, do, you know, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. yeah, they're on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. We can go there. We can go school. there. And I've seen um, uh, uh, increased weight gain as well. You have to monitor food when you spay bitches. I've seen. Th- this is all. You yeah. know, no scientist here. This is what I've seen as a dog trainer. But it's interesting because we don't know if they're howling because they're actually more anxious and not yeah. because Where's they're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got. Yeah. I, I've got loads of points that I, I mean I'm going to leave yeah. you go and, and I want to hear about the science I've got loads of points that I want to bring up on this oh, we've got lots to talk about we've got lots to talk about you know if you were asking me on reviewing the data whether or not you should new to your dog I'd say it absolutely depends on why you want to yeah if it's to make sure that your dog doesn't have puppies then absolutely but if you're trying to use it as a shortcut yeah there's no shortcut change, for behavior no there's you need to train your dog yeah, those 100%. are behaviors that you need to train and you need to work mm. with a really good dog trainer which begs um, the Especially fear and anxiety, especially that because it can escalate into other things. It's not a shortcut. Which begs the question, why are so many vets recommending this? I'm not taking a dig at vets. Vets do a fantastic job and it's the first point to call if your dog ever shows any any sudden signs of aggression or anything that's out of the norm. You know, you need to be contacting your veterinarian. But why are so many clients, you know, my training centre, we're doing around about seven to eight hundred assessments a year and a lot of people are being advised to castrate their dogs at a very young age and a lot of people have come to me with um, aggressive dogs that they've been advised to castrate you were advised to castrate your dog by a vet, weren't you? We said we shouldn't have really gone down, gone but down that Do you know, it's path. my biggest regret. And yeah. I knew the science. I'd looked at all the science, but mm. I took advice from two people who I'd seen... That you're supposed to trust the pillars in the, in the, in the, in the, the community, yeah. so to speak? Uh, but look, it might have worked the other way. You know, it might have worked the other way. But in certainly in my dog's context, it didn't. And we had to yeah. do a lot of work for behavioural fallout. You know, I, can, I wouldn't have done it again. Whilst we can say we can look the other way, I think in this particular subject... The science is pretty concrete. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have been advised. And you are not alone. I'm. I see a lot of this advice. A lot of it is if it's some miracle cure for your dog starting to be reactive and aggressive. Why, if the science is so clear, why is this being advised a lot? It's interesting, isn't it? And I'll tell you something. Going back to what you said, Jamie, you'll, you, this will give you the giggle. When <laughs> I when my Mallies were young, I took them to my, to my local vets and and. Uh, they said that I took them for their their vaccinations, and they and they were talking to me. It was an absolutely cracking vet, and he says to me, um, "Do you want to get them um, booked in for neutering?" And I went, "Why why were the one why were the ones to do that? I, I'm happy with them as they are." He goes, "Oh well, it prevents it prevents testicular cancer," and I said, "Well, do you want to take them off because I might get it as well?" And he just went, "And you?" And he just went. And I could see the cons turning. <laughs> and it was, but what what I found was I went away with them. What I thought was. He, he, there was not much thought, but it was like, this is just, it's a practice. Well, that's why yeah. I said, where did you draw the line? Why? Yeah. But where we're trying to use that as a justification yeah. for performing a, a procedure, where do you draw the line? It's very what interesting. What can't that, you yeah. remove from an animal based on the possibility, statistical possibility, that it might yeah. become infected at a later stage? Yeah. You would. You, it is endless. Yeah. But to do that where you're going to say, I'm doing that based on to prevent, yeah. a, a behavioural issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm doing it based yeah. on a behavioural issue. 
Uh, certainly, because it's only the medical profession, as yeah. in the veterinary profession, that can do it. It isn't something that owners can do themselves. So as a member of that, and I, t- I take on board, yeah, I too, you know, a yeah. great deal of respect for, for vets. They do things that I'm well incapable of doing. Their knowledge of things is way beyond my knowledge of things yeah. in that sort of, in that field. But when it comes to addressing behavioural deficits or preventing behavioural yeah. problems from manifesting or yeah. increasing, then I think that you ought to be looking at the people yeah. who are actually involved in doing that and saying, in your yeah. experience, has, you know, the, the removal of uh, reproductive organs or areas of reproductive organs resulted in a significant decrease mm-hmm. in these behaviours that we're looking to, to do it for. I, I, and I well, think we get an overwhelming no. There mm. is certainly something here about the impact of depriving dogs of those hormonal influences at that particular point in time. That deprivation clearly had an impact it on It moulds them into an adult. Yeah, mm. and it might not be the same for every dog, because don't yeah. forget, this is a really large sample. So this is looking at generally mm. what the impacts are. You're going to have variations within that. For some dogs, it might ha- you know, it might be absolutely fine. For other dogs, it might be a, you know, a, a really detrimental uh, impact. And it's working out actually generally what happens. What's the impact generally? Not the exceptions that sit within that, but generally what's the impact of taking away those sex hormones at that particular point in time. Yeah. And it does have an impact mm. on behaviour, but it's not the one yeah. that is part of the common the narrative. Prob- the problem we have is and we've banned like cropping and, uh, and docking, you know, which is you know, understand- understandably, yeah. but is it okay to take some parts, but it's not okay to take yeah. others? I mean, don't get me wrong. There are lots and lots of dogs that are in shelters that don't have a home. So controlling the population yeah, of that. dogs is a yeah. really important factor in yeah. this. And I wouldn't want people to be listening and think you should never litter. No. No, but no, this is a really We're specific point. Yeah. It's your really dog. It's your decision. Point. It's a personal decision. Yeah, and this is about whether neutering yeah. will be a shortcut to yeah. behaviour management. And, here, and the, yeah. the research says that it's not. Mm. So yeah. let's just be really specific yeah, about yeah. that. Yeah, so there's something, isn't there, about the dog's exposure to those hormones during that period of time that affects the way that they perceive the world around them and the way that they respond to that. It's about confidence, you know, that point that we heard in the research about dogs being more shy as opposed to bold. Mm. But there is something about then the way that that dog is interacting with the environment and if they're interacting with it in a fearful way and they growl at somebody because they're afraid and that person, as you yeah. said before, goes back yeah. and that creates space. The dog goes, oh, well, remember how to do yeah. that. And it all you know, boils down to your dog's, your dog's associative learning. Yeah. You know, you, you, if you're putting your dog in a mindset where they're going to perceive the world around them as a negative place and therefore have to self-preservate, then that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I just, I'm sat here and I'm thinking... If we were to say, let's say that a a folklore comes about whereby um, there's an invasive procedure that you can do on the, the, you know, the olfactory capacity of dogs. Okay, so if you reduce their amount Mm. to smell, then their or their ability to smell so much, then by doing so, you reduce their ability to detect what they'd consider to be competing mates. Yeah, Yeah. competing male dogs. Therefore, you're going to see a a reduction in aggression. Mm. Therefore, would that justify? us mm-hmm. carrying out that procedure. Well, what you would say is, well, we need the research to support it yeah. before we actually do it. Yeah. We However, don't do yeah, it and then look for the research to support what we've done, yeah. which is what actually yeah. seems to be happening. It's well, almost it is, like, it's it almost like putting happened. you in jail while we look for a crime yes, that you've it committed. Great analogy. It's a conversation of ethics, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. What's it like in dog sports, Danny? Spain's not too much of a problem with um, 
working bitches if they're really high drive it can dampen drive a little bit male dogs tend to won't be looked at if they're neutered same really? with yeah yeah I've, I've heard of police departments taking dogs that have neutered before mm. but most of them won't look at them will they but most of them will say yeah. not, fit for, not fit for the purpose you do you want everything you want everything that that animal can be you know yeah. because if, if it's if it's suitable for a job it's suitable for a working purpose and, and it's healthy yeah. then you want that dog to be everything that yeah. it can be you, you can use its its yeah. you know if it if it's overly aggressive it wouldn't be a dog that would be used anyway but that wouldn't be down to the fact that oh it's because he's got testicles and nobody would certainly say remove his testicles and that'll remove you know see a reduction in the aggression it's just for me i have to say it's a really bad argument ethically what we're doing is that invasive procedure however mildly invasive procedure it is and let's not pretend that it doesn't come with risks there are risks associated with any surgery but we're doing it ultimately for a human purpose we would rather that the dog wasn't like the dog is yeah the reality the reality of the situation is anything to do with dogs violates ethics we're controlling that species we've created brachy dogs we've created you know arthritic dogs through through selective breeding you know it's all not which is perpetuated you you see breeding practice perpetuated when we're talking doors. about them bold dogs, the only thing that really needs to be taken into account is if it, is it fit for purpose. And through like protection kind of sports and protection scenarios for police and prison service, what every single protection trainer, police dog handler, trainer, everything will everyone will observe. There is a lot more fight in a dog that is intact than one that is that is neutered. Generally speaking, meaning that if the criminal puts up a fight, the dog's more likely to stay in the fight than to retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that is, you know, again, is it ethical? Probably not, but it saves a copper's life. Mm. But do, it also, do you know what I mean? It also reflects what the data reflects in yeah. terms of the, the fear and the aggression. It's not, it's actually, more, they're more likely to be afraid yeah. when they've been castrated. And, which and, makes and sense. what's the response, what, yeah. what can a, yeah. a likely yeah. response yeah. to fear be if, yeah. not to, if not to aggress? Uh, yeah. Well, exactly. And that's the difference. Fleet. What we're talking about here with the working dog is aggression that's trained in that they have to be bold to do they're yeah. doing that because they're in the fight the fear aggression we're talking about is is to bite to defend itself it's yeah, a response yeah. to feeling fear yeah. and that's a really important distinction in this yeah. and you know that there's a lot that we can see from the data and what we can certainly see from the data is that the castrating or spaying your dog early isn't going to prevent the kind of behaviours that people have commonly assumed, com- people commonly talk about being prevented. It's not going to stop your dog being aggressive. It's not, it's not going to stop your dog being fearful. Um, and so there is something to really think about there. If yeah. you want to get your dog castrated or spayed, just think about the reasons why. Yeah. There are plenty of reasons to do that. Yeah. Absolutely plenty of reasons mm. to think about that. But a shortcut to behavioural change certainly mm. isn't one of them. And we'll be back after the break with some practical tips for what you can do on this subject, as well as some listener questions. Welcome back. We've had some great discussion points. Let's have a look at what we can practically consider when we're looking at whether or not to neuter our dogs. I think when we're looking at practical considerations, we need to look at or consider practical reasons why your average person with their dog would consider whether or not castration neutering is beneficial for theirs in a behavioral sense so there's multiple reasons aren't there why people might consider it or might have heard about it and you know google having the world at your fingertips and you can stroke your glass all day long and stroke people, like, your they glass? Have it, yeah like this why would you stroke it? oh yeah, scrolling yeah. scrolling oh, I heard that. i've never heard that before as well i thought you had like a little uh, a little Re- sherry glass no. I, was, I was thinking crystal ball yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what i would say is speak i mean speak to your vet 
you know, speak to your vet, but yeah. don't just be bound by your own vet, you know, speak to other vets. You have to really understand, don't you, the, the risks and the implications, yeah. and not just from a single dimension. We're talking about this from a behaviour perspective. There might be equally valid reasons to spay or castrate. A hundred percent. other reasons. A hundred percent. Yeah, and unfortunately, if there's something medical and your dog's a little bit younger than you'd like, then you, that, then that, that, that has to take priority yeah. and you're going to have to deal with the behavioural fallout. To a, to a, to a right. towards Condition. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. A lot of clients, you know, they're advised to do it because their dogs have become reactive or aggressive, probably through like, you know, genetics play a part mm. in this. And those clients live a life of quiet desperation. They're ashamed. They don't want anyone to know, oh God, because of the narrative of you must have abused this dog if he's aggressive and this. And they're very quiet about it. They go to the vet. And it's that an must act- be really worrying. It actually. really is. And, and I'm sure you can relate to this. It's an act of desperation. I just need this fixed. I don't want him to be a risk. I don't want him to do this. And they make snap decisions. It's, it's a huge, you know, where, where somebody has a dog that's showing aggressive behaviour, it is a huge stigma that people, or, you know, it's very, very stressful yeah. for, for the owner, isn't it? It really and, is. And admitting it is very, very stressful for the owner. And it, it can be very tempting, you yeah. know, if somebody says try this, yeah. you know, try this, this might be the thing. But I think where, where you're talking about problematic behaviour in dogs and um, saying that this will be a one-cure-fix-all sort of approach, I disagree, you know, and I, and I know that you'd disagree, Danny, and it would yeah. appear sad that the science as well, that certainly the science that we've looked at would mm-hmm. disagree and perhaps even says to the contrary. Uh, there are multiple aspects as to mm. why a dog's displaying problematic yeah. aggressive behaviour or something like that, you know, including, you know, the, the, the lineage of the dog itself, you know, the parents, things yeah. like that, you know, the, the environment that the dog was reared in, the learning history that the dog's got, all working together to form the individual yeah. nature of the dog, you know. It isn't something that if I, well, if I block that tap, that means mm-hmm. that I've resolved that issue. There's a heck of a lot more to it than It really that. is. You know, there are other options. What I'm seeing now, you know, I wish I would see it a lot more is when people are experiencing these behavioural problems and the vets are referring, giving them chemical castration. So chemical castration is a way of testing the water, if you will, checking that the dog, how the dog will respond when castrated without actually having to castrate and you can reverse it. And then you can make an educated decision on, on, on the facts. You can see and observe your dog's behaviour and make a decision what's best for you and your dog. Because I can take it off, but I can't put it back yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. But, but equally, there might be really good reasons to yeah. castrate or yeah. spay your dog. Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, if, you're, yeah. if you're in a multi-dog household and you're introducing a bitch into yeah. that and you really don't want to breed, yeah. then that could be a really good reason reason yeah. to to castrate because yeah. you don't want to have extra puppies that are, you know like we've said yeah. before there are more dogs than we have homes yeah. it's in like the UK. everything and isn't there it? is something about population control but if you're speaking to your vet about castration or spaying ask questions mm-hmm. yeah. you know get the vet's perspective ask your vet to direct mm-hmm. you to studies that might yeah. help you to what? make a really informed yeah. decision but certainly if you're mm-hmm. considering it for behavioral issues i would 1000% agree with you and so would the science yeah. and if it's a behavioural problem it needs to be a behavioural solution and this when, won't be a yeah. quick fix and whether you're asking your vet or you're talking to a dog trainer or behaviourist if you if you sense that that person's getting defensive of you asking questions that's probably not the person that you need to yeah. be working with you know everyone should embrace you know further knowledge and, and, and want to educate themselves on the subject matter especially when it's something a permanent change you're yeah. attempting to make to another sentient being yeah. mm-hmm. um, don't be afraid to ask questions and if someone's getting defensive, then they're probably not going to be the person that can help you. Yeah, you can't undo it, can yeah. you? There is an alternative as a country, you know, as a, as, a, as a dog owning world where we could actually look at. And I'm talking about some uh, as somebody who has bred litters of pups here. We could also look at it in a way of limiting 
the number of pubs pups that are actually being bred absolutely rather than supporting and you know celebrating yeah. the the amount of different breeds the diversity of dogs that we've got the number of dogs that we've got it seems ridiculous that we are okay with adding to the population um you know but having to actually take steps to help yeah. reduce it at the other end yeah. once I, we've I added think, to it i think a cracking step towards that will be capping the price that people can charge for dogs as soon as you start allowing people to charge thousands and thousands of pounds, breathing goes through the roof. Mm. And now, as soon as there's a demand, the quality for that for that demand can can suffer. Mm. And and me and in the dog world, that means we stop looking for temperament, we start breathing for aesthetics. And now you've got a lot of dogs with behavioural fallout. Mm. So I think you know there's grounds for capping how much you can actually charge for a dog mm. I mean it's I a fascinating subject I think we could talk about this we really day. could but yeah. unfortunately we don't have that kind yeah, of time we're starting to sort of like yeah. sail our ship in that yeah. direction when really we're talking about well can we sail it to the listeners questions let's oh, sail it to the listeners that's a lovely one <laughs> it's a ferry it's a ferry let's just be silent let's be silent it's a sailboat there's a tugboat in front of me there I to let them know. Yeah. Okay, question one. First question, a very good place to start. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same, would it? It wouldn't be the same. I love what you and your counting. Dog, what is a dog's memory like? Oh. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how far back can they remember things and how much do they remember? Dogs are associative learners. They learn by the associations they make between things. They link things. They link outcomes with a response that they've made. Yeah. They link an outcome with something that happened at the same time. So now that's different to a memory of a mm. recollection, a memory of a time. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that one without going and having a really good look at the yeah. research. I, I don't know how you would know the answer to that one because that's like a subjective inner world. Yeah. How do you measure that? Oh, I, I guess yeah. from a neuroscientist point of view, you'd see certain areas of the ba brain yeah. firing, would you? Well, you, yeah, you could do. Recollection. Uh, yeah, Recollation. but there's a, there is a difference between memories and associations. So it'd be a really yeah. difficult thing to test. Really difficult thing to test. Again, we're going down the route of, is your dog aware of the future and the past? Yeah. Um, and if we're, you know, the science is pointing towards living in the moment, then what we're perceiving as memories is more likely, there's no concrete, obviously, but it's more likely to be a series of associations yeah. instilled, isn't it? I but, mean, don't get me wrong, you can still recall an association. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's that it's really not the same, yeah. It's, it's how you define yeah. Oh, where's memory. your red coat? You had that on the other day. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, it's yeah. a different yeah. world. I mean, dogs it? obviously have memories, but it's, yeah, it's the dog lying in front of the fire thinking, remembering the activities yeah. from today, thinking, right. oh, I yeah. had such yeah. a lovely time Oh, God, do you, remember, do, you remember, do you remember when I chased that rabbit and you couldn't catch me? It was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not yeah. the same sort of thing. Although, there have been some studies done with cats looking at dreaming and right. looking at the way that... Right, yeah. I was just going to say looking that. If, at, I, if yeah. I was at home, that is what I would be thinking. I'd be thinking, hang on a minute, my dog knows exactly where that cat lives down the road. Because yeah. when, and I could think, well, that's associative learning and your dog won't remember that when your dog yeah. gets home. And I could think, well, you haven't seen my dog kicking his paws and going, hum, 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 when yeah. he's asleep. Yeah. And he's undoubtedly chasing that cat yeah. in, his, yeah. in his mind because of his yeah. memory of... No Unless you you've know? seen it, you just don't. Yeah. We don't How know do that. You know? I, that, that that's, as, a, as a dog owner, lover for me, life, that has sort of always been interesting. I love watching dogs dream. Yeah. Like, like our, our Ralph, when he dreams, he's literally sprinting on his side. He's on, on his side in a gallop. And mm. I'm like, what is going on in that head? I just mm. wish I could put myself in his head for just a minute and just see what's going mm. on. But 
I suppose as neuroscience evolves, we'll, I'm, I'm sure one day we'll be able to project the picture and see what's actually going on. Well, do you know what? I'm going to get straight on Google Scholar after this episode <laughs> and have a look because I think this is a future episode in the making. What's yeah. the next question, though, Okay, Jay? second question. One, two? Ooh, one, this two? is a topical one. Oh, is it? Why do dogs, even ones that have been spayed or neutered, sometimes hump people or each other? For instance, I had two dogs growing up who were from the same litter and were both spayed and they would hump each other. Was it a way of playing or to establish dominance or something like that? Now, can I just say that I've got uh, a multi-dog household and something that fascinates me is that I have you know, male, female dogs yeah, in yeah. my household and often what I will see, not just during play, but if one of the bitches who is in tides comes into season, the other bitch will hump her. Mm. And I, it, I sit there and I do think, what is the evil... Because I'm yeah. very interested in who oh. took parties. What is the evolutionary <laughs> advantage? <laughs> what, yeah. what is the evolutionary advantage in that? And you will also see that when... I think it's almost reflexive, okay? Which yeah. is a, a, a behaviour that just obviously occurs without conscious thought, if you mm. like. Because if I think, right, no, stop it. And I go in and I separate the two dogs. The one that was doing the humping will continue hump to hump floor, thin yeah. air. Yeah. 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 We'll continue to you've wound a dynamo. You've wound a dynamo and then yeah. removed the actual uh, key component of it, but it they keeps look like going they're twerking, until it winds yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. And I don't know. I'd be interested to see if there's any science on on that on that um, that subject. I think all we've got is anecdotal um, opinions in it. You know, so it, it can be sexual. I can see. I've seen dogs that show a different, more assertive body language dominance. doing it. Yeah, yeah. Dare we say dominance? I can see that, but. I've also seen it more of like a displacement of arousal and, and drive. I've seen that sometimes like, the, the, you know, my, my mouths, they'll roll around and they'll be ah, fighting and all of a sudden the, yeah, the pair of them are on the floor. Almost like it can, it's almost like a, a displacement a of, yeah, a, yeah. of arousal. I think the answer to that is we're never going to know no. for sure. Mm-hmm. We, we can't actually pinpoint it. I guess as well it could arguably be that, you know, the, the bitch that's doing the humping yeah. may have more of a particular yeah. hormone in her yeah. body, you know, in her individual makeup yeah. than, than and, and, others. And, and, and what's interesting is no matter how much training you do, it's like it's like they just can't help themselves yeah. sometimes. Like sometimes Flint's a nightmare for it. He tries to hump dogs, that'll give him a right telling off. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you doing, lad? You, you, you learn, so he's like a genius. You don't have to teach him something once he remembers forever. But yeah, you keep getting told off and you're doing this again and again. I do wonder if it is like a reflexive behaviour, like, you know, your yeah. Pavlovian condition. If you were to you know, puff yeah. air in your eye and you blink, you yeah. wouldn't think, well, don't don't blink or whatever. I can't help it. You know, yeah. it's just ha- it's just happened of its yeah. own accord, and maybe it is something that yeah. it could be. It could be that genetics says you're just going to do this act, and 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 this is just something you do to make yeah. sh- to to, pro- to increase the, the likelihood yeah, yeah, that they're yeah. going to pass yeah, on yeah, their yeah, genetics. Yeah. Again, well, you know, maybe if sorry, I go, sorry. In short, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could just go complete reductionist on it and go. Well, maybe it just feels nice, and that's why. Maybe it does. Maybe it does. Intrinsically rewarding. Intrinsically rewarding behaviour. Yeah. I think great questions. Yeah, it's really good questions. I love. Questions. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was just going to say. I don't feel too much like a scholar at the moment, though. <laughs> yeah. There's no concrete answer. We've there. got plenty of dogs. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Plenty of dog, not enough scholar. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, we do love those questions, and if people want to share their questions with us, Jamie, how can they do so? Okay, so at Dog Scholar Podcast on social media, if you want to get in touch with us. Alternatively, you can email us at podcast at thedogscholar.com. I'm in the mood for some icks. I'm in the mood for icks. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Danny, you must be in the mood for X. I'm always in the mood yeah. for X. Ick me, baby, one more time. Ick, I love that. Oh, these are coming. Oh, look, we're on it, we're on it. They're coming fast. Karen, okay, we're, we're laughing now. This is going to definitely set you off. Karen from Middlefart. She won't be laughing. <laughs> yeah, Karen from Middlefart. <laughs> Middle. Yeah. Come on. It's in Denmark. Is it? It's in Denmark. Okay. Google told me so. People who continually bribe their dogs. Oh, don't. Do you know what? We there's could a... probably do a whole... Oh, we so could serious we parts really of that did. as well as jokey parts Because there's a there difference is, there between is. luring to shape a behaviour right. yeah. and then bribing so your dog will only ever perform yeah. a behaviour to yeah. get the so, treat yeah. that you offer. Right. Yeah, so, Lauren, in, in terms of dog training, we'd say that differently. Luring and shaping are two different mm. things. So Lauren would be your luring your dog into a position to make an association. Shaping would be you're basically waiting around and letting the dog demonstrate, get, get, work it out for themselves. Well, well, well in, Karen, I think we'll get an episode yeah. out of this. It's great icks, though. Great, great icks. Oh, but we're running an ickle bit over time here. <laughs> so, the dog scholar! Tommy, Tommy <laughs> in mind isn't trying to think of another ick. Yeah. Just being yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we've got time for this week. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. And even if they don't enjoy it, maybe they don't go. And as per always, over to Danny once again for his final thought. Thank you, Jamie. And I think the science is pretty conclusive here. A problem of the mind is not a problem of the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. See you next week. <laughs>